and welcome to the Game Nexus Podcast, Episode 7. Uh, I'm Inife, and joining me, as always, is Game Master 14. Yo, yo, yo. Alright, Game Master, I probably didn't think... You probably thought there wasn't going to be another one of these podcasts again, but... Coming back at you, doing a head spin. We're here, in your grill. Doing a head spin? Yeah, I'm doing head spins. I'm afraid of that. Yeah, you probably should be. Me busting moves. You don't know what be going down. What, are you supposed to be Tupac or something? I got shot. <laughs> That's so mean. Alright, Game Master, so, uh... What have you been up to since our last podcast, episode 6? Well, of course... If, unless you're, like, uh, under the rock, a rock or something... Grand Theft Auto 4 came out, so I've been playing that a bit. What is, is that? Is that that game I hear about on the news that teaches me how to kill hookers and grandmothers? Yeah, that's the same game. It's really fun, and you get to do that all the time, and you can really apply it to real-life applications. Ah, uh, okay. So, like, running dope and killing people and all kinds of stuff like that? Yeah, yeah. And don't I'm... forget about shooting the popo. Oh, yeah. I can never forget about that. I'd rather just kind of honestly blow them up, though. Yeah, it's fun, too. I just usually shoot the fronts of the cars so they go on fire, and they're just still standing there shooting at me, and their cars blow up, and it blows them up. That's fun. Alright, so Grand Theft Auto 4 has been out for uh, a couple of weeks now, and we've had time to play it and digest it and watch all the hype die down. What are your final thoughts, impressions, etc.? How about you go first? Alrighty. Well, uh, I bought the 360 version, uh, even though I'm still afraid of my 360 dying again on me. But, uh, I bought 360 version because I wanted to play online because most of my friends were getting the 360 version. And I guess I thought, I mean, in Crackdown, since it was the last open world game I played, uh, the I thought the achievements added, like, an extra set of things to do in the game. Like, I mean, you could it was an achievement to like juggle a person like you know, ten feet in the air, or juggle them for thirty seconds in the air with a rocket launcher, or like blow up five cars at the same time. Yeah, yeah. So I thought stuff like that added to the game stuff. So I I got it on three sixty. Um. So first impressions to start playing the game. Um, I thought it was really interesting how they rolled the credits in the beginning, kind of like a movie. Um. And they integrated into the very beginning. Yeah, that definitely uh, was cool. Yeah, because most games you don't see that ever. And uh, I think if games started to do that, I mean, the people that make games kind of get more recognition. Because, honestly, are you one of the people that watches the credits at the end of the movie if there's nothing else like playing besides the credits? No, and plus, at the end of the game, when there's the end credits, most people either A, skip the credits, or B, just ignore the credits until they're over. So having the credits like that in the beginning gets people actually see them because, you know, they can't skip them unless they close their eyes while the beginning is going, but since it's interactive, you kind of can't do that. Yeah, I I just thought it was kind of cool how they blended in the the credits into the environment, kind of. So, uh, played the game, first got the game, played it for about, I don't know, two and a half, three hours. I was having a great time with it. I was really enjoying... Uh, kind of how they fix things. Uh, driving, I was getting used to. 
because, uh, you know, you can't take a turn worth anything in this game. Yeah. Um, so, getting used to driving, uh, played it a lot, and then the second night I had it, I jumped into some multiplayer. I just did the free roam, which is kind of, you have the whole city, and you just kind of run around and do whatever the hell you want. But uh, that just kind of turned into random chaos, and just wasn't very fun, because you die in about 20 seconds after spawning. Yeah, free roam, the problem with that is, and of course the problem with just about every multiplayer mode that's not co-op, is anybody can jump in at any time. So if you just want to play free roam with like one of your friends and just want to like cause all mischief, you can't do that, because... You, your friend, will be in there, and then, like, 16 other people who just want to kill you will come in, and that's not fun. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, the thing I hate is when it won't let you just have a private game with your friends. When you go to join a game with your friends, it forces you to be with someone else, which annoys the hell out of me, because I don't want to play with 14 other random jackasses. Yeah, Dead or Alive, um, Dead or Alive 4 came out a month after launch, and it had a friends-only option. I mean, why can't this stupid game have one? Yeah, well, probably because it'll be in Grand Theft Auto Vice City 2 or something. Vice City 2 Uh, San Andreas Adventure Stories. (laughs) Yep. 1969. London. Exactly. So, playing after a while, so I realized multiplayer, you know, wasn't that great. I wasn't going to keep playing it. Uh, I did the we did the co-op missions, uh, which kind of worked, but then you kind of had no idea what you were supposed to do I still after say, a while, but th- then you figured it out. Um, yeah, I still say my favorite one is that one where you have to protect that guy and get him to the checkpoint and get all your yeah. guys there. That's Hangman's the, Noose. That was the most right? fun one. Yeah, that was the most fun I had with multiplayer. So uh, I left the multiplayer, so I was going to go back to single player and play that some more. So I've put about 20, 25 or 26 hours, and I'm about 37, 38% done with the game. I think I'm getting kind of close to the end, but uh, I just I don't have any desire to play it anymore. I mean, sometimes I hit the wall on uh, Grand Theft Auto games where it just feels like the same mission over and over again. It's drive here, kill guy, run away from cops, rinse, repeat. Yeah, what I often uh, call it is like a Grand Theft Auto crash. You'll be so into playing Grand Theft Auto for like a week or so, and then you'll kind of be like, eh, I don't want to play that anymore. It just seems to happen, and I always find the same thing happens with Dynasty Warriors. I'll be so into playing Dynasty Warriors at one point, and then I'll just be like, why the hell was I wasting my time with Dynasty Warriors? I'll never want to play this again, but then another time, you know, it's going to happen again. Yeah, I know exactly the feeling. Uh, but, but the, the the real problem, uh, I don't know, I just, it really bothers me that, uh, the reviews for this game that were coming out were, like, perfect tens, and they were saying things like Oscar-worthy cutscenes and stuff, like, uh, no, the story in Grand Theft Auto is very, very derivative, I mean, it almost feels like a, a bad episode of a Russian Sopranos, but, uh, the game is, what's there is fun. I mean, it's more refined over the other Grand Theft Auto games, but maybe it's just me, but I I just hate the brown and gray overlay that gets thrown onto almost every next-gen game now. With me, with uh, Grand Theft Auto 4, sure, it's a, it's a fun game, 
but I just get too much of this, more of the same feel. Like, it's just kind of like every other Grand Theft Auto game with a facelift. It doesn't feel like they've added enough elements to truly make this a sequel. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I know exactly what you feel. Uh, it just feels like they took three, threw in a Russian guy, pr- prettier graphics, kind of put in a half-assed cover system that works when it kind of wants to, um, didn't really fix the combat. Hand-to-hand combat is still uh, a mess. Um, well, at least you can and, lock on for hand-to-hand combat, which makes it a little bit better, so you're not randomly punching people as they walk down the street. Yeah, I know. It's a little better now, but, uh... I mean, it just feels way too much of the same to me. I I personally feel like the reviews were a measure of the hype that the game had before it came out. I mean, did you read the IGN review that was, like, eight pages long? Honestly, I would not really bother to read something that no, long about No, I think I game. read the intro paragraph and the last paragraph. And there was enough bullshit. It just seemed like, when you read all the reviews, it just seemed like all the reviews were trying to top each other with these really stupid analogies to things and saying how awesome Grand Theft Auto was. They don't want to get in I- trouble like the guys that badmouth Kane and Lynch. Gersman Gate, yeah, we got 6.0 and then he got fired, and then he was like, fuck you, and then everyone left GameSpot and they went to make their own site. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think after playing enough Grand Theft Auto, I can safely say it's probably the most overrated game of all time. I still say that's Halo. No, because Halo is not that high on game rankings. No, as, I mean, far, as, as, of t- as far as fanboys. Halo. Oh, it's, no, as far as fanboys, I think the most erratic are the N- Nintendo fanboys. Well, I meant just for like a a general game series, it's got to be. Oh Halo. yeah, yeah, I th- yeah I think Halo, but uh, I'm pretty sure in the coming years you're gonna see Call of Duty fanboys surpass Halo fanboys because I find it amazing that people still say Call of Duty Four is as good as it is. When it has all those stupid problems, uh, like, it plays like a PlayStation 1 game with pretty graphics. Where you have, like, you can't go off a certain pathway, or the game will kill you automatically. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it has infinite respawning enemies until you kill a certain enemy. It just feels like a light gun game in some aspects. Like, it's like an on-rail shooter that you can kind of move around, but you're always going in a certain point. If Call of Duty 4 is modern combat, will Call of Duty 5 be future combat? Call of Duty 5, I hear, I'm not 100%, but is going to go back to World War 2. You gotta be fucking kidding. I'm not kidding you, because Call of Duty 5 is going to be done by Treyarch, who did Call of Duty 3, and Call of Duty 3 was a piece of shit. So, officially, right now, we're telling you not to play Call of Duty 5. Just just forget it even happens and wait for 6 or whenever Infinity yeah, War Yeah, just wait for back. 6. Just wait for 6. Maybe, hopefully, in 6, they'll learn that maybe we shouldn't be making the same game that we made in 2002, except with, instead of having a uh, M1, you get an M16. Hmm. <laughs> because, I mean, people say, oh, look how great the storytelling is. Not really. I mean, when I played through it, I still thought it was kind of subpar. I mean, spoiler, there's a nuke that goes off, and you're in a helicopter, and the helicopter goes down, and then you kind of crawl to your death as this guy on the ground. But it's really stupid, because it doesn't add to anything. Get to the chopper! 
Yeah, I was playing it, and I was just like, what the hell is this? This is so stupid. <laughs> and then, um... I mean, I th I still think... From playing all the way through Call of Duty 4 and playing all the way through Halo 3, I have to say Halo 3 has a better single-player campaign. Really? Just because... Yeah, just from doing both of them. I mean, from a... I mean, personally, I prefer the Half-Life series over either of those games. But that's just because I feel like Half-Life's, you know... Half-Life, uh... Half-Life uh, story is much better than either of those stories could ever be. Yeah, Half-Life has always just been better, really, in just about yeah. every way. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's a reason the uh, the orange box is the fourth-rate, highest-rated game of all time. Hmm. But uh, speaking of highest-rated game of all time, did you see uh, Grand Theft Auto 4 was dethroned once again? No, I did not. Ocarina. What was it dethroned by? Ocarina of Time is back at number one. How did that happen? Because whenever a game comes out that's going to try to dethrone Ocarina of Time, a bunch of Nintendo fanboys uh, come together and write really good reviews for Ocarina of Time and write really shitty reviews for whatever game um, is trying to oppose it. What was really funny is when Super Mario Galaxy was trying to take over... Um, Ocarina of Time's place, and you have this rift of Nintendo fanboys that were going back and forth writing bad reviews. It was the civil war of Nintendo fanboys. I found it hilarious, because I think Nintendo fanboys out of either Microsoft, Sony, or fanboys are the absolute worst. I still find it funny. I, ho I forget who it was, but I I heard someone once call Ocarina of Time Macarena of Time. <laughs> Macarena of Time. That would be so awesome if you could play the Macarena song on that ocarina that he has in the game. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. If he'd break out into his dance. I still find it funny that all Zelda games use the, uh, still use, like, a, a music mechanic. Like, I just started playing, uh, Twilight Princess again, and I'm about nine hours in, and, uh, I don't know if you ever played Ocarina of Time, but of course you have an ocarina and you play music, and then in Wind Waker you had this wand where you kind of conducted wind to make music. Mm-hmm. And then in Twilight Princess, when you're a dog, you howl at different notes to make music. <laughs> That's dumb. Yeah, it's really funny because it's like you have this pitch meter on your left, and like the dog's vo the dog's head goes up and down. Like the higher you want the pitch, or the lower you want the pitch. Mm -hmm. So I was doing it today, and I was just massively uh, going up and down on the uh, D-pad to make to make his head go up and down like a million times an hour, so it looks like his head was gonna pop off. <laughs> That'd be awesome if it did. <laughs> I know. You know, Found for some funny. unknown reason, you know what that whole dog thing made me think of? Okami? No, you ever see the anime Excel Saga? Nope. Well, I know you've heard me talk about it. Well, there's the there's a dog in it, Menchi. Mm -hmm. Basically, in the end credits, the dog sings the uh, end credits song. And then you see this <laughs> translator lady in the corner. She's actually translating what, she, what uh, he's singing. And... Uh, yeah. In the final episode, which is like the everything goes crazy episode, you see the uh, the uh, translator lady sitting there on all fours singing the song into the microphone, and the dogs in the little translator window barking the lyrics. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Alright, here's a big exclusive reveal that uh, on the Game Nexus podcast, you might not have heard this anywhere else, but uh, did you know that the Twilight Princess engine is a modified version of the Wind Waker engine. 
Really? And the Wind Waker engine is a modified version of the Ocarina of Time engine. Really? Yep. So Nintendo's been using the same engine for almost ten years. One thing I wish Nintendo would do is actually use real voice acting in Zelda. Oh, yeah. Well, no, no, it doesn't. Uh, um, I was going to say the only... I was going to say Mario Galaxy does. Mario Galaxy has voice acting. But Mario doesn't say anything. He just says, you know, his typical Italian plumber voice but I by mean, Charles like, Martinet. With, uh, Wind... Not Wind Waker. I mean, with, uh... That new, that new game, you know what I'm talking about. You were just talking about it a minute ago. Twilight Princess? Yeah, with with uh, Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess, I just found with that game, I'd played it for a couple minutes just to see how it was like, but the thing that I thought was just weird is graphics look awesome, everything looks great, and then you have to read text windows. It just seems like one direction they push forward, the other one they kind of stay back in the, the PlayStation days. Yeah, but you gotta be careful with uh, voicing people. I mean, do you remember how stupid Link sounded on those CDI games? I thought he sounded great in Smash Brothers. Well, yeah, I mean, he still says the same thing. You know, he'll say he's high yaws and stuff like that. But we'll see how uh, we'll see what Nintendo does with Zelda going forward. I think uh, I think Zelda's gonna go back in the closet for about another six or seven years before Nintendo brings it back out. And then it'll come out of the closet and be gay, gay Zelda and the Legend of Gayness. Yeah, it'll kind of be like when you play Brawl and you pick the Pink Toon Link. <laughs> pink Toon Link? What is that? I don't know why they call him Toon Link. I don't. I, like they could have thought of a better name than Toon Link, or they could have left him cell shaded, because he looks like regular Link except tiny. With these huge ass eyes, like you know the Wind Waker style of eyes, how he looks. Ew, that's disgusting. It looks really odd. Like they should have just left him cell shaded. Like his stage is awesome because the whole stage is cell shaded. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, but I was like, why couldn't they just leave him cell shaded? It couldn't be that hard. I mean, considering Brawl runs on a modified version of the Melee engine. Really? Yep. Oh wow. Although that really isn't a far stretch, it's not like graphically they're really all that different. No, I mean they're just like, okay, we're gonna uh, up the duct tape power by two since we get two GameCube's duct tape together, since nobody bought these damn things. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I'm pretty sure that was their ploy when they made the Wii. They're like, all right, and the DS are like, we got all these Game Boy Advance screens laying around, and we got all these damn GameCube's laying around. What are we gonna do? They're like, all right. We're going to strip out the guts of the GameCube, we're going to duct tape it together, and we're going to call it the Wii, and you're going to flail your arms around. It's going to be our new gimmick. Yeah, nobody will care that the graphics are far inferior to our competitors. You can just move yeah. your arms around and play the game while moving. And then yeah. we're going to slap every American gamer in the face and tell them they're fat and release Wii Fit. And we're going to try to tell you that Wii Fit is not going to make you lose weight, it's supposed to make you aware of your body. But we're going to advertise it like it's going to make you lose weight, because we know how much Americans love gimmicky fitness things. And then what they say about the DS? Well, the DS was kind of like... Awada looked at Miyamoto and he's like, man, what are we going to do with all this shit? And he's like, I don't know, we need to start printing some money and fast. And he's like, alright, well we got all these two Game Boy Advances laying around. So if we just slap them both together, 
and instead of charging you know sixty dollars we charge a hundred and fifty for two of them we can make a thirty dollar profit on these and it's gonna sell like crazy cause i'm gonna come up with this thing where you have a simulator with a dog and this shit's gonna sell like crazy and then we'll have some Pokemans on here, because we know the kids love that Pokemon shit. They eat that right up. And so do cats. Yeah. <laughs> Nintendo cats. I remember for the longest time there was a rumor that there, Nintendo was going to make Nintendo cats. That'd be funny, and it'd be funny if you could have your Nintendo dogs and your Nintendo cats together and they all fight. That, that yeah. Actually, that'd be awesome. It'd be like a crossover fighting mode, and it'd be like a fighting game. You'd actually control it like one. I'd buy that. Actually, you know, it'd be even cooler if you could link it with a Pokemon game and you could get your Nintendo dogs and Nintendo cats to fight with the Pokemons. That would be cool too. The ultimate Nintendo crossover. Oh, actually, forget that. Have a uh, Super Smash Brothers DS version and then all four games crossover. Oh man, that would be awesome. The ultimate battle of Nintendo characters: stupid dogs, stupid cats, stupid Pokemons, and uh, the rest. That's how they refer to Smash Brothers. The rest. The rest, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, I've played so much Brawl. Like, I don't even care that, you know, the graphics are inferior. Like, I think, to me, what's more important than technical graphics is, like, a, a good art style. Like, if the art style's nice, and it kind of masks the bad, the, the technically inferior graphics, then I'd rather play something like that. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I've played games which are supposed to have quote-unquote good graphics, but I hate the art style, such as Bioshock. I can't stand how that game looks. The the art deco? The human characters look like uh, they're from a comic book or something, and I just can't get into it. Like, everything else is so realistic. He shoots plasmids into his hand, it makes it like glow and everything, and that's so cool. Then a human character walks up to me, and he looks like he's hand-drawn, and I'm thinking to myself... I can't get into this. He's not scary. He's stupid. I just want to hit him in the head with a wrench because he's such a stupid faggot. Yeah, the game was good, but... The problem with that is it was kind of predictable what was going to happen. I kind of saw what was going to happen. Yeah. Just because, like, um, there's a video game. This doesn't seem... This world doesn't seem quite right. I bet you there's going to be a big plot twist somewhere. <laughs> so, because, you know, it's just trite video game stuff. I mean, the stories now are just getting so predictable. Like, I can watch, almost watch any movie now, or any play any video game, and kind of guarantee that there's going to be some plot twist that you're not going to think is coming, but yet you can kind of guess. Yeah, that seems to happen more or less these days. I think the last movie I watched that I couldn't guess the plot twist was uh, The Departed. Did you see that movie? I did not see that movie. That's a. It's a really. If you like uh, mobster movies, it's a really great movie done by Scorsese. <laughs> it's actually based on a Korean film that I can't think of the name. So, do you want to talk about Lost Odyssey? Lost Odyssey. What do you want to say about Lost Odyssey? Besides, it's got veiny boobs. <laughs> veiny boobs. I love how like you're like. Every character you come across, it's like, Hi, I'm Kaim's wife. Look at my gigantic tits! Yeah, she's the, uh... Sarah is the, uh... Big-titted, uh... Stupid wife character. Yeah. She's like, I'm not going to let my grandchildren die! 
I like how when you start... I'll protect you with my giant tits. I like when you start a, a battle with Ming, like, sometimes she'll be like, I'm always ready. I, yeah. I, I don't know why, I just love that line. I can't get enough I never of underst- it. I never understood why Ming looks Japanese and Korean in, like, her hand-drawn picture in the menu system, but yet she's got a British accent. And, of course, we all know Mac looks like he has buck teeth. Yes, Math looks like he's got a major overbite. I think I'm going to name this, because it's become a recent phenomenon in video games where someone will look Asian, but have a British accent. I'm going to name it the Heavenly Sword Phenomenon, because that's the first game where I ever noticed it. Oh, and did I, did I mention how when Cook gets hurt, it sounds like she's experiencing pleasure? She's like, ah... But, no, yep. really, she just sounds like she's enjoying every moment, like she likes the abuse or something. But, uh, other than that, I, I really have to say, this is a great RPG that really everyone should play, in my opinion. I think I'm going to make this bold statement that if Lost Odyssey was called Final Fantasy thirteen, the game would get nines automatically. Definitely, because... The uh, critics were like, ooh, Final Fantasy, we better say it's good even though it sucks hard. Yeah. I don't know, I was kind of disappointed in Final Fantasy uh, 12. I still like 10 much better. Even though 12 wasn't a bad game by any stretch, I just didn't think it was as good as 10. Yeah, 12's definitely a great game, but 10's still better no matter what. Yeah, I don't know, I still only, I don't know if, I think I like Lost Odyssey more than I do 12. Yeah, hell yeah, I, I definitely like Lost Odyssey more than 12. Yeah, I think, uh, I don't know, I think Final Fantasy twelve should have been something else. Like, I think it was a completely different game, and then when, uh, the guy, um, what's-his-face, stepped down when he had cancer, and he couldn't keep working, and then the director of the Saga series, like Frontier Saga and Unlimited Saga, took over the game, I think the game took a new way, because, um, as you know, Kitase, who is the director of Final Fantasy 7, 8, 9, and 10, didn't have anything to do with 12, but he's working on 13. Um, and hopefully it'll be a halfway decent game, which will sell that massive pile of PlayStation 3 consoles, which just sits on shelves at this point. Yeah, I think once PlayStation 3 drops down to $299, which I think will happen this holiday season that they'll finally start to move more consoles. Yeah, it's just it's just sad when you go to a store and you just see this whole shelf of PlayStation 3 consoles just sitting there. In fact, I went up to the pile one day and there's actually a layer of dust on top of it. I'm not kidding. I saw a layer of dust <laughs> on top of a pile of PlayStation 3 consoles. They've been sitting there that freaking long that... Yeah, I think... He, go ahead. Oh, I, I think Metal Gear is going to move some... But I don't think it's going to be this mass system seller like everyone thinks. Like, Metal Gear is a popular series, but I don't think it's as mainstream popular. The problem, like, it's popular with gamers yeah, the, and stuff. Yeah, the problem I, with I don't Metal think Gear it's gonna... is it's just way too much of a niche. It's, yeah. It's a popular niche, but it's just not mainstream enough, like, say, a fighting game or a role-playing game, to really sell consoles. Yeah, I mean... I don't know if you saw the uh, MPD numbers that came out this month, but everyone was like, oh man, Grand Theft Auto is going to push all these consoles. But um, last month, we did over 750,000 consoles in one month, which is fucking amazing. <laughs> and uh, 
360 and PlayStation 3 didn't even break 200,000. They were like 170,000. Like, I think 360 sold 900 more consoles. Speaking of uh, selling, is it right when I heard that Grand Theft Auto 4 for 360 outsold the PlayStation 3 version 2 to 1? No. It's not. Uh, hold on, I can pull up the data and I'll tell you exactly. But it's still outsold it nonetheless. Yeah, it's outsold it. I mean, that's just kind of thinking because the install base is 3 to 1. Plus those. For 360 to PS3. Those exclusive episodes help as well. Yeah, Grand Theft Auto 4 on Xbox 360 sold 1,850,000 on Xbox 360, and it sold 1,000,000 on PlayStation 3. So it's about. 1.5 to 1? Yeah, 1.5 to 1, give or take. It could have been. I still find it. It could have been just like the first week or something, it was like 2 to 1. Yeah. Oh, just in case anyone's uh, curious, April MPDs, uh, we sold 714,200,000, 200, which is a ton for not even, you know, a Chris holiday month. <laughs> uh, DS sold 414,000, PSP sold 192,000, Xbox 360 sold 188,000, PlayStation 3 sold 187,000, PlayStation 2 sold 124,000. Um, best-selling games of this month, Grand Theft Auto 4 did 1,850,000 copies, like I said. Mario Kart for Wii did 1,120,000 copies. Grand Theft Auto 4 on uh, PlayStation 3 did 1 million copies. Brawl on Wii did 326,000. Uh, Wii Play did 360,000. Grand Turismo 5 Prologue did 224,000. Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Explorers of Darkness did 202,000. Pokemon Mystery funny. Dungeon Explorers of Time, 202,000. Guitar Hero 3 for Wii did 152,000. And Call of Duty 4 on 360 did 141,000. What exactly is uh, Pokemon Mystery Dungeon? Do you know? Yeah, um, you, have you ever heard of any of the Mystery Dungeon games where you kind of... You go in a dungeon, and it's an RPG... But, uh, and you have a bunch of levels you have to go through, but if you die, you lose your levels. It's kind of a weird genre that I've never really been big into. Yeah, I've never but, uh, heard of it at all. It's kind of like you're a po- you're, you are the Pokemon, and you go around and you fight. That's uh, really weird. Are you Pikachu? No, I can't even remember the names of the stupid Pokemon now. They're up to like Jigglybutt? 890. I think you, you're... Uh, no, you, you're a different Pokemon based on the personality quiz you take in the beginning of the game. Really? Yeah. I wouldn't doubt somewhere they have a cheat sheet to get the Pokemon you want. Yeah, probably. I wouldn't doubt it. Because you know with FAQs anymore. Oh, yeah. But, uh... I, st- uh, I still find it funny that, uh... We and DS are just wiping the floor with the 360 and PlayStation 3. And then it's funny when you read people's replies online that everyone's going to start making really shitty shovelware games. You know why stuff. you know why they're winning, right? Because uh, they're cheaper and it has mass appeal. Yeah, it's all it's all the motion and stylus controls. 
Nintendo's like, yes. look, you can play your games differently, and you got I mean, brain games on your DS so you can make your brain better, and then you get the oh, yeah, Fit, but that doesn't and your mm. body gets better. That doesn't really make you fit or do anything and like that. It's just a... It's just uh, their marketing ploy to make you think that, because we know... We know Americans eat that shit up. Yeah, and then Americans eat a ton of shit, and they don't really lose any weight from the few calories they burned from their Wii Fit. Like, honestly, I think my favorite games on the DS and the Wii are the ones that use the Wiimote the less. And the Wiimote and the stylus the least amount. Or like the right ones now, where I'm you playing... can not use the Wiimote or the stylus. Like Mario Kart and uh, Smash Brothers, you can totally not use them. You can use a GameCube yeah. controller, from what I understand. Yeah. From what I hear, though, um, the best way to play Mario Kart is actually the Wiimote and Nunchuck. Oh, no, But there's no motion action. control thing. There's no motion control. You just use the left stick. You just use the analog nub to, to steer because the tricks are easier to get to with the D-pad, from what I hear. Okay, so no Wii, Wii Wheel? No, the Wii Wheel sucks, from what I hear. Like, if you really want to be good at the game, you have to use that. But from what I hear, Mario Kart Wii is a step down, step back from the DS version. How so? Because uh, they took out... Um, they took out snaking... Where you know you could power slide across like the whole thing mm-hmm. to keep going, um, and then they've added bikes and they added like a whole another element of randomness where you only get certain power ups depending on where you are in the field, and you can easily go from like eighth to first in half of a lap. Um, I don't know. I personally, from playing all the Mario Karts. I still feel the Super NES version is my absolute favorite. Yeah, definitely. I still like the original Mario Kart the best. Yeah. So, in, uh... Talking about Lost Odyssey... Yeah. Uh, have you heard of the game that they also made called, um... Ash... The uh, Mistwalker? No, what is it? It's called Archaic Sealed Heat, and it's a strategy RPG for the DS. It's out in Japan right now, but uh, I've heard some rumblings that there's a chance it could come to the States. <laughs> but not sh- entirely sure if Microsoft wants to bring it over here. Well, speaking of games, I recently played a game that I haven't played before with uh, Kingdom of Fire, Fire, Kingdom Under Fire, Circle of Doom. That game is definitely fun. It sort of feels like Dynasty Warriors without the whole large-scale, big war type thing. It feels more like, uh, let's say, if you take a Dynasty Warriors-like combat and apply it to like an action sort of game. You know, as I'm saying, without the big-scale battlefields and the battles that can last, like, 50 minutes. And then you add some, like, RPG-like leveling, some missions. It just has a nice blend to it, honestly. Plus, there's online co-op, which, if you ever get the game, we'll give it a try one of these days. Yeah, it's on sale from Gamefly for, like, $15. I'm contemplating picking it up, although I just picked up last week I got a... Bully Scholarship Edition for the 360, I got it for $20. Hmm. 
No, you're actually going to play Bully this time? Yes, I'm going to. Well, that's, I was going to play it, but uh, my nephew took my copy that I bought, three day, my PlayStation 2 copy, three days after I bought it, and then hasn't returned it yet. Is that your nephew that doesn't like to play video games anymore? Yeah, that's my nephew doesn't like to play video games anymore. He probably burned it with all his video games. Yeah, I uh, he doesn't listen to this anymore, but it was pretty funny. Uh, he came up to me and he told me he had a new girlfriend, and the first thing I said to her, the first thing I said to him is, "Does she have a mustache?" <laughs> and he punched me and he said no. And I just met her for the first time yesterday, and she kind of has a mustache. She does. Yep. Yeah. Ew. It's like oh my god. It's like you know how girls, if they have like, like kind of white hair, if they ever shave it off, it grows back as black hair. Yeah. It seems like she shaved off like the white hair she had on her upper lip, and it kind of grew black. You know what that makes me think of for some reason? What? In that one Simpsons episode, the lady crusty mustache trimmer. Oh my god. You remember that? It was yeah. like a crusty head with big teeth and it just bit the hairs off. <laughs> Is my lip supposed to be laid like this? <laughs> yes, that's normal. <laughs> I don't know, I just... And then, well, when I met her, she had like this massive green sparkly eyeshadow on. Like, I think if anyone had epilepsy, that they would freaking have an attack and die if they ever looked at her. Because this Ooh. shit was so sparkly. Oh my god. And it was like bright, kind of pea green. And let me guess, her hair was green too. No, it was normal, but she seemed like one of those kind of artsy-fartsy types that are kind of out there. And eccentric, okay. if you know what I mean. You know those type of people? Kind of, sort of, not really, no. Uh, but, uh, you know... Like, the type that want to, like, do paintings and all that kind of weird shit. Ew. Um. But anyway, enough about my nephew's eccentric girlfriend that I've yet to talk to for longer than 30 seconds. But, uh, when I was there, he, we were at this, we were at this, uh, party and somebody had a, uh, a chocolate fountain. I don't know if you've ever seen these things before, <laughs> right? chocolate fountain. And I looked over at my friend and I said, you know it would be really funny? If a bunch of fat chicks came up and got giant cups, because all you had were like these little teeny cups where you're supposed to, or actually you're supposed to just take the strawberries and dip it in the chocolate. Yeah. I said, really funny if girl, these girls just came up and got these cups and started drinking chocolate straight out of the cup. Uh huh. Lo and behold, about 30 seconds later, these girls that are about 250, 275 pounds, you can, you know, you can feel the floor start shaking. They come over, <laughs> they get these cups, and sure enough, they start gulping down some chocolate straight out of this fountain. Oh my god. Oh man. It was so That's... gross. I was like and then my nephew's like, Oh that looks awesome, I'm gonna try it. So he goes and gets it. He takes a sip and he gets it on he gets it all over his vest. <laughs> so and it's funny. And then his girlfriend's like, Oh here, let me help you. So she gets out so she gets like a uh she gets this towel from over here. And she she wets it down and starts wiping it, and she doesn't really get it off. She kind of just smears it all over him, and oh then he accidentally God. drops his cup that had the uh, chocolate in it, and then it got all over her dress. And I found <laughs> it to be one of the most hilarious things I've ever seen. Oh, that is freaking awesome! Yeah, I mean, I, was, I couldn't stop laughing. Did they see you laugh? Oh yeah, I was right there beside him. What was the reaction? 
they were they just looked really embarrassed and they were kind of just playing it off as oh we meant to do that. That's so stupid. I hate when people play stuff off like that. It's like, oh, I meant to do that. Yeah. I would never do such a thing by accident. Yeah. Like, my nephew, was, he was trying so hard to look cool and stuff, but it's just kind of hard. Yeah, I think, I, I believe on several occasions you said your nephew has failed big time at looking cool. Yeah, my nephew thinks uh, by swearing as much as he possibly can, uh, that his cool factor goes up by five points. That's like people who review video games on YouTube. Basically, they think by doing negative reviews and swearing about the games that everyone's going to like them instantly. Or they're going to become the next Yahtzee. Well, really, the next angry video game nerd. That's what everyone strives for. Yeah. So Speaking of angry video game nerd, do you ever watch many of his reviews? I've never watched the angry video game nerd. Never at all? Never. Oh, wow. You should. Speaking of stuff on game trailers, have you watched the uh, Metal Gear Retrospective? No, because I'm not really a Metal Gear fan, as I had mentioned many times. Well, it doesn't really, you don't, it just, it doesn't say, it just goes recaps of the story. And I'm glad I watched the first one, because the first one, they have recaps, um, Metal Gear on the MSX, uh, Metal Gear Snake's Revenge, which was on the NES, which wasn't made by Hideo Kojima, and then the true sequel to Metal Gear, which was Metal Gear 2 on the, uh, NES, uh, that... Uh, they went through all the stories on that, and I'm glad because uh, I was originally planning on playing those games so I could learn the the story. Uh-huh. But I'm glad I watched it because they summed up the whole story in those three games in about 25 minutes, and I was still a little confused. How so? But uh, I don't know. There's a lot of um, weird plot twists because Metal Gear, Metal Gear, and Metal Gear 2 take place after Metal Gear Solid 3. Okay, I don't get it. Because Metal Gear Solid 3 takes place in, ni- like, 1965. Because, as you okay. know, I don't know if you ever knew this, but Solid Snake is a clone of Big Boss. In Big Boss, um... Big, in you Metal Gear Solid 3, you play Big Boss. Who is... Big Boss is the bad guy in... Metal Gear and Metal Gear 2. So, uh... Are, are Metal Gear and... Metal Gear on the NES and Metal Gear on the MSX the same game? They are the same game, but they're changed drastically. The M- MSX version is the superior version. Okay, how so? Like, if you look, the game, the game trailer's retrospective shows you the, uh... There's a lot of limitations on the, uh, NES one. Or the uh-huh. MSX one could do more. Um, on the NES one, uh, it didn't show you the next couple of screens over. Like, you you would see where the guards were and the next couple of screens over and stuff. And the guards would follow you if you alerted them, you through a couple of screens. And the NES one, um, the guards uh, wouldn't follow you if you left one screen, so it became really a lot easier. And the translation was really bad in the NES one. Um, like, I don't know if you've ever seen the, the famous I feel asleep instead of I fell asleep. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Um, but, uh, yeah, if you watch the game trailer, it's really well done. Like, the great game trailer retrospective, it'll show you all the differences between them. 
Um, and yeah, it shows you how uh, Snake's Revenge is kind of the the bastard child of the Metal Gear series, which was never supposed to be uh, really made. Konami never thought the Metal Gear was going to be popular, but then when it did, they were like, "Oh shit, we need to make a new game," but they didn't get um, Hideo Kojima to do it. Because he I made, think you made, I think you made a mistake on that. Yeah. Snake Re- Snake's Revenge is on NES. Metal Gear Sol- Metal Gear Two Solid Snake is on MSX. It was on MSX, yes. Yeah. Oh, you, yeah. You sorry. Oh, I meant, yeah. Sorry. I meant to say MSX. Yeah. It didn't. Yeah. Metal Gear Two was never translated into English until Metal Gear Solid Three Substance Special Edition. Uh-huh. Uh, the extra disc has Metal Gear and Metal Gear Two on it. For the MSX, the MSX versions, which are the superior versions. But of course, you could always play the Metal Gear One European ROM, which has English in it. Yeah, you could. So if you want to get your first taste of Metal Gear, you can go ahead and jump and get that right now. Yeah, but uh, I think the uh, gameplay, the gameplay in, uh, I think those old ones, doesn't really hold up twenty years later. Um, so if you really want to start playing Metal Gear. You should probably start with Metal Gear Solid One. Um, play unless you're a super, unless you're a super awesome retro gamer like myself who just enjoys games for what they are. Yeah, but I mean, some of the things might annoy you to death that the game does. Um, Such as, like when I played it, I don't know. It just felt weird trying to be stealthy in a two D environment. But it doesn't really work? No, not really. It works, like, stealth works a lot better in 3D. But the thing I love about Metal Gear is you don't have to be stealthy at all. You can just run up and kill people. That didn't seem to work too well in Metal Gear Solid 1. Uh, I got to, I got to Metal Gear Solid 1, and I was not stealthy in that game at all. Really? There's only a couple parts where you have to be stealthy. Like the first scene? I think so. The first scene when you run in, when you're underground... Mm-hmm. That part, but then the other parts you don't have to be like the boss battles, no, the end, no. Yeah, of course, boss battles you wouldn't have to be stealthy because they're boss battles. Yeah, but the thing is, you should play Metal Gear if you're gonna play it. Play it on the uh, PS One. Don't play the GameCube remake because the GameCube remake kind of breaks Metal Gear Solid One. Well, when I play Metal Gear Solid One, I'm going to be playing it on Dreamcast with the Bleemcast emulator because they released the actual disc for that. I actually hear that the best way to play it is probably through, um, I mean, PC emulation because it looks the best that way. The problem is, unless you have a special controller, there's no Rumble support. Yeah, that is yeah that is a problem. Metal Gear is huge on the Rumble. Like Metal Gear is one of the best. Like that game uses the best use of Rumble I've ever had in a game. Really? Yeah, it doesn't just feel stupid and tacked on. Like, where you get hit, it just rumbles and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how they did it, but they programmed it in a way... I remember in Metal Gear Solid 2, like, where you got hit. Like, if you got hit on the side, it would feel like just the left part of your controller kind of vibrated. Oh, really? Yeah. And, like, if you got detected, I think this is what happened. I, I haven't played Metal Gear Solid 2 in a long time. If you got detected, like, your heartbeat would race a lot faster, and you'd feel it in the controller. Mm-hmm. Like, they just do a really good job of utilizing that. Like, it just doesn't feel like a, a gimmick. Like, most of the time, I just turn, like, I don't even care about Rumble. 
honestly. Um, I always enjoyed Rumble, honestly. Like, it's alright, but some games where it's just like, oh, I get hit and my controller shakes, like, it just, whatever, it doesn't even really bother me. Like, it's useful in some games, but in some in other games, like, I could really care less. Like, an RPG, like, if I'm playing an RPG and my sword hits an enemy and my controller rumbles, like, it doesn't do anything for me. I always liked it. I always thought it made it feel like you're really making contact. I don't know, like, it just doesn't, I mean, maybe I've just gotten used to it. Because, I, I mean, I mean, when PS3 first came out, everyone's like, no rumble. And when I first got my PlayStation 3, I noticed it wasn't there again. But after, like, 25, 30 minutes, like, I just got used to it. The thing I hate the most about PlayStation 3, or at least the 6-axis, which, of course, is obsolete now, is it was too damn light. That thing was really like freaking light, in your yeah. Hands. Yeah, the DualShock 3 is a much, much, much better controller. Like, it's much more... It's heavy, it's heftier, it doesn't feel like it's gonna break. It doesn't feel like you can throw it at somebody and it'll be a boomerang. Huh. Um, it's... Overall, it's just a much higher quality controller. I really, really... I actually own two DualShock 3s. Oh, cool. So, uh, I've got a silver one imported from Japan, and then I've got a uh, black one from the U.S. Metallic silver or just, like, regular silver? Metallic silver. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, they made... When they made that, when they, uh... Yuck, uh... Ryuga Gokuto Kenzan, which we would know as Yakuza 3, came out over there. Uh, they released a special edition metallic silver PlayStation 3. And then they made... Uh, special edition metallic silver DualShock 3s to go with it. And then PlayAsia had a sale with like 25% off everything on their site. And I grabbed one. And it was about $45 after shipping. Which is actually $10 cheaper than uh, if you bought one over here. Oh, wow. Can the uh, PlayStation 3 controller be used on a PC? I think so. I'm not 100% sure. I don't know I know there's a way you can, on Mac, somebody's made a program to get the 6-axis running on Bluetooth. I haven't really looked into it too much. I think you can, but I'm not 100%. Like, I know the memory card reader that you use on the PlayStation 3 to transfer PlayStation 2 memory cards over, uh-huh. you can't plug that into a PC. It won't read it. Well, I got what, something already that can do yeah, that, so but what, no what, Yeah, on the PlayStation 3, what you, all you have to do is... um. You just copy those over, you copy the memory cards over to the hard drive, and then you just plug a thumb drive in, and then you, from, you just go in, um, and go to your memory manager, and you can copy all those over to a thumb drive, and then you can back them up on your regular PC. Oh, with my PlayStation 2 saves, all I have to do is activate my independent memory card exploit. Yeah. Go into the FTP program, and then transfer files to and from the actual memory card in real time. Yeah, I mean, whatever, it works for me. <coughs> it's really easy. Just th throw it on a thumb drive, it's not much harder than that. You said thumb drive. At least you didn't say dongle. Man, I have said dongle so many times in the past week at work. Really? We have security dongles. <laughs> security dongles. We have this program where I work for uh, uh, for doing estimating and takeoffs for, like, how much a job would cost and stuff like that. 
in this mm -hmm. program we've got, their anti-piracy measures are so in extremely insane that first of all you have to pay for this USB dongle that'll activate the program so you can run it, and then once the program runs, you have to type in a host ID and a client ID, and then it'll ping their servers, and you have to the program has to make stable contact with their servers the whole time otherwise the program will shut itself down if it lo oh, if, wow. like, if you don't have the internet on and going and it loses contact with its servers the program shuts down i mean and people people bitch about pc activation problems and stuff like that it's nothing compared to some of these stupid programs i got to deal with all the time and the customer service people are fucking dicks like i had to uh I had to call because the old we got bought a new computer from one of these guys that uses it, mm -hmm. and he had a uh, parallel port dongle instead of a USB dongle. <laughs> parallel port dongle—that's even funnier. Yeah, I know. And right, and so uh, instead of just sending us a new one because we you know we only pay you know eight hundred dollars a year to use their software, um, we I had to pay twenty well the company had to pay twenty five dollars for the new USB dongle. Plus forty dollars to ship it. Huh. Forty dollars? Forty dollars. That was the cheapest shipping option. Well, I could have got instant over... shipping. What'd you say? Well, is it instant shipping? They they no. shipped it out and it got to you in like five minutes? It was UPS ground. Oh my god, UPS ground for forty dollars? Where were they shipping it from? Texas to Virginia. Oh man, that's they they raped they you raped, hard. Yeah. I hate those people. And they call me, and they have the nerve to tell me that our that uh our program isn't under isn't licensed anymore. Huh. And I'm like, look here, we just bought a new license in January for two people. And they were like, well, since you're not licensed, fully licensed and covered anymore, this dongle is going to cost you two hundred and fifty dollars plus shipping. Huh? Two hundred and fifty dollars, so I could use the program we already bought. That makes me think of uh, massively multiplayer on online RPGs. You buy a game, and then you have to pay to play it. Yeah, but at least, you know, that's if you want to. I mean, stuff like that. I mean, shit like that just makes you want to pirate programs. Because it would be easier than to deal with that stupid shit. Yar. I mean, you would not believe... You know what AutoCAD is, right? The drafting program for engineering draw-up stuff? Yeah, for a second there, it sounded like you said AutoCAT. AutoCAT, yeah. <laughs> That'd be cool. <laughs> Meow. Do you know what a single user license of AutoCAD costs? A lot. Five and a half thousand dollars a year. Oh, man, that's crazy. Yeah, crazy. And they that's also another program where you have to have a separate installation if you want to use that program offline. Really? Yep. Like, I... And we all think, like, games have a problem where you have to, like, when people bitched about Mass Effect's DRM where it calls home every ten days, where it was going to do that, but they changed it. They changed it? What did they change it to? You just have to activate it once when you install it. And then you activate it once, you install it, and then you don't have to have the CDN ever again to play, and that's it. Oh, that's cool. Um, But, you know, honestly, like... It doesn't really even... I don't know. Since... I mean, people come up with these, like, insane situations to bitch about DRM. They're like, well, what if I'm moving and I don't have the internet for two weeks? Huh. And it's like, 
well, you probably get other games you can play in spare time. It's not like this is the only game you're going to have. Uh, yeah, stupid people. I mean, yeah. Honestly, I think some people that bitch about DRM are just, like, the crazy, insane people. Like, the people that bitch about the, uh... You heard of this new Nintendo channel Nintendo just launched on the Wii? Where you can no, watch, I didn't like... Hear about it. You can watch, like, uh... You can watch videos for upcoming Wii games, and you can watch interviews with Nintendo people, and you can download demos to your DS from your Wii. Cool. Uh, and, um... But before you use it, Nintendo asks, uh... You have to agree to these terms. And there's all these people freaking out about it on message boards where, like, Nintendo's spying on us or stealing all the information because Nintendo, if you agree to use a channel, they want to watch how much free space you have left on your Wii and they want to see what games you play and how long you play them for. <laughs> Honestly, that's not that bad. That's not like this huge invasion of privacy. And it's, like, there's so many Wiis out there. I mean, I don't think Miyamoto is personally sitting down and seeing that you're playing, you know, Luxor 2 on your Wii for five hours a day. They're going to give a shit. I think what they're wanting to see is how much space the average Wii user has left. Because, you know, the Wii only has 512 megs of internal memory. That just seems crazily small whenever I hear that. Yeah, like... I don't even have that much. Like, I think I have two NES games on my Wii that I've downloaded Virtual Console. And, like, WiiWare just launched, but it's going to be crazy. Like, WiiWare is just going to suck up so much room. And you can't put any of that stuff on, like, external memory cards or anything? No, you have to delete it and re-download it. Oh, that is so gay. Yeah, so... The Wii's got a huge storage problem, but uh, Iwata said that they're looking into solutions, so... Cross your fingers, maybe they'll release a decently priced USB hard drive. Or why not just allow you to use thumb drives? Or yeah, or something like that, or use SD cards. SD cards are cheap enough. I mean, you can get like a 2, ED, two gig SD card for what, $10 at Walmart? Yep. I mean, so why not just let people like use SD cards and read them off there? I mean, maybe they'll think, you know, that someone will find, a, probably someone would find a way to, uh, figure out a way to get the Wii to read Nintendo ROMs and stuff like that, but... That'd be cool. I'd do that. Uh, yeah, because you know Virtual Console is just, uh, ROMs, right? Basically. Yeah, yeah. I found it really funny when some when they found out that the Virtual Console was just ROMs in an HTML file to get it to run. What? What did people actually think Virtual Console was going to be? I don't know. They thought it was like a... with ROMs. Probably like a gnome inside your thing that, like played every damn Nintendo game. Is it a Gnome? It's a Gnome, yeah. It's one of those lawns that sit in your lawn. I hate those things. Yeah, like the thing off Travelocity. I hate those fucking Travelocity commercials. Yeah, I hate Travelocity. They suck dick. Yes. Especially the Gnome. He really sucks some hardcore cock. <laughs> Does he smoke it? Pretty much. <laughs> but... I, I, overall, I've actually been playing my uh, Wii a fair amount lately. But Just for curiosity's sakes, have you tried that Dragon Ball Z demo on uh, Marketplace? I have, and I must admit that I like that game a lot more than I probably should. Yeah, it actually was halfway decent. I'm the, graf thinking. the graphics are really, really good. They're really nice. Yeah, the graphics quality reminds me of Eternal Sonata. Yeah. The cell shading. 
but not not quite as good. I think Eternal Sonata looked a little bit better in my opinion. Yeah. Although I could just be biased. But uh, you know, a game is going to be really awesome. It's coming to 360 later this year with cell shading. Which game? Tales of Vesperia. Yeah, if I recall correctly, you said that runs on the Eternal Sonata engine. Yep, Namco built. Yeah, Namco built that because uh, the people who made Eternal Sonata are the people who normally do the music for all the Tales games. Cool. So, uh, yeah, I think they built that engine to be their uh, next-gen engine to run all their stuff, but as we know, Namco loves loves to reap you for um, downloadable content. As you know, they locked they locked levels purposely on Katamari that you have to pay for so you can beat so you can 100% and complete the game 100%. Like you buy the game, but you cannot complete it 100% unless you buy their downloadable content that's already on the disc. Well, speaking of Eternal Sonata and uh, that Tales game, will that Tales game ever make it to PS3? Uh there's been massive rumors. Um they confirmed it last week, and then they said no, and then they said yes, and they said no. I think eventually it's going to make it over. Just like Eternal Sonata is supposed Just to like come Eternal out this Sonata. year on PS3 this summer. Uh, I think it'll eventually come, maybe six, seven months later. Like, I think the, the days of third-party exclusives are pretty much done for. Considering how much it costs to make a uh, PlayStation 3 or 360 game, that you have to just put it on as many platforms as you can to recoup the costs. I mean, Grand Theft Auto 4 is now the most expensive game ever made. It was $100 really? million. Dollars. It eclipsed uh, Shenmue 2, which was the previously most expensive game ever to make. And Yeah, trusty belt Chopin no Yume is still showing up as TBA 2008 Japan, yeah, so... so. I honestly couldn't see it unless they release it like now. I honestly couldn't see it hitting U.S. shores until 2009 or end. Well, considering it's already translated and stuff, I don't because that's what really holds it up normally is the translation. But you know they're still gonna give it a few months before yeah, it hits prob- U.S. PS3. Yeah, probably. Maybe, maybe we'll see. I mean, they still haven't even they haven't even dropped the price on Ace Combat Six yet. Which, if you buy all the downloadable content for Ace Combat 6, it's over $120. Oh, wow. Is that just the That's just the content, downloadable content. Not including the That's price not even of the game. added in the price of the game. So it'd be like $180 with the yep. price of the game. That's crazy. That's like a very expensive game that makes Steel Battalion I know. seem cheap. Uh, but honestly, coming from Namco, I don't care what anyone says, I'm still kind of excited for Soul Calibur 4. I mean... Yeah, they've included so many damn guest characters by now. I don't know if you saw the two new ones that came out this week. Who's that? There's one called Ashlot. She is kind of this goth-looking girl that has this spear-looking thing. But it kind of looks like she has... (laughs) Goth-looking girl, spear-looking Yeah, it's really kind of hard to describe. And then there's a new character, I can't remember her name, but she's got um, dual katanas. And she wears, like, this thong, and she gets huge, giant tits, just like most of the other Soul Calibur girls. I wish I could have dual katanas. That'd I be thought so you were going to say, I wish I could have huge, giant tits. That would be so fun. 
Um, no, I wouldn't go that far. I don't know. I'm still looking forward to it. I haven't decided if I'm going to buy a 360 or PS3 version yet. I'm going to buy a 360 version, of course, because I still have no point in getting a PS3. I also, like, now, I, I honestly think after this generation, it just shows that the market can't support two consoles that are over $400. How so? I mean, just look at it. I mean, 360 and PS3 now basically sell the same amount each month. They've been doing that since Christmas. Eh, not a big deal. But the thing is, it's like... It just seems like they're deadlocked and it's stalemate. I mean, neither of them are selling that well compared to the to the Wii, and it's not even like the 360 is that much more expensive than the Wii. You do know they'll spike when the uh, big games come out. But look, it didn't even spike when Grand Theft Auto 4 came out. Oh well. I mean, and that's like a giant game. I mean, it always spikes at Christmas time, but we'll see. I still think the Wii is going to be the PlayStation 2 of this generation. Okay. Well, we're just about over an hour now. Want to start wrapping this up? Wrapper, wrapper, wrapping it up. Do you want to do any plugs? Um, plugs. I say we plug, uh... I don't know. What do you want to plug? I don't really want to plug anything, honestly. Do we need to plug? Oh, plug game trailers. We talked about game trailers. Go watch the Metal Gear Retrospective. If you've got any trailers. interest in Metal Gear and you don't want to play the game and you want to learn about the crazy ass story, oh yeah, go to you go to YouTube and watch my reviews. They're fun. Yep, the best part of Metal Gear is a story. The best part of YouTube is Game Master's reviews. Yeah, Game Master fourteen Neo, as I'm called, because my old account got banned because of Twentieth Century Fox being lame. But um, now I have thirteen subscribers. I think last podcast I was just starting out and I had like six. But yeah, hmm. 13 now. Look at that. I'm yeah. going to be like the next YouTube star. I'm going to be the next on Day here. Yep, you're going to have cherry chocolate rain. Have you tasted that stuff? Yes. How is it? It's alright. It's not as bad as some soft drinks. <laughs> it doesn't taste like that one soda that tastes like Mondo. <laughs> Gatorade Tiger? Yeah. I don't know. Like, I'm pretty sure Tiger Woods bought the Mondo factory. and Or, like, Quaker probably made Mondo, since Quaker owns Gatorade. And they were probably like, we got all this leftover Mondo, what the fuck are we going to do? How are we going to sell it? They're like, kids like Tiger Woods? We'll just fucking throw a Tiger Woods Gatorade label on it and sell it so we can get rid of the rest of this shit and close this plant down. No, I think their first reaction was, what the hell is Mondo? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean... I don't know. It's it's not bad. Like I like Mondo and I like Gatorade. <laughs> okay, that's a that's enough Mondo rants for one podcast. I think we did a whole rant about it last podcast. Too. I think so. Mondo. Mondo Brondo. It's got electrolytes. It's what plants crave. <laughs> awesome. Well, do you want to plug anyone else? Um. Big exclusive reveal coming on Game Nexus Podcast Episode 8. Listen for it. Kids, it's going to slap you in the face and you ain't going to see that shit coming. Was was that all? That's it. Okay, cool. So, want to end this thing? Yep. 
Until the next time we podcast, which could end up being a year, it could be next week, could be two weeks, could be a month. Could be tomorrow. Could be tomorrow. You never know. We could, be, could like, be like, oh, we want to do megaton. a whole podcast about the way uh, Nintendo 64 revolutionized the console market with its awesomely awesome $70 cartridges. Or we could talk about how uh, the Nintendo Revolution, I mean, the Nintendo Wii, is revolutionizing. Nintendo Revolution. Or, yeah, we could talk about how Wii Fit is going to revolutionize the way that we play balance board games. Balance board games. Speaking of that, did you see that, you know, uh, EA's making a skate game for Wii called Skate It? Ew. And uh, it's going to use the balance board. Eh, that's kind of cool. It might actually be good. Yeah. Unlike Wii Fit. (laughs) Yeah, from what I heard, Wii Fit is kind of a piece of shit. It sounds almost as bad as iToy Kinetic. No. Do you remember iToy Kinetic? Yep. I've tried iToy Kinetic. How is it? It's alright. It's not that bad. Oh, no, better yet. Worse than your self-fitness. Oh, God. Konami, you know, Konami is the uh, inventor of the fitness genre, right? How so? They made DDR. Or according Dance, to a press Dance release. Revolution! Or according to a press release they released a week and a half ago, they wanted you to know that they were the original creators of uh, the fitness genre of games. Really? Yep. That's crazy. Those bastards are crazy. Yep. We should probably wrap it up now because we've been trying to wrap up for like ten minutes. But it's awesome. This is like the ten minute freaking wrap up. You hear this, guys? It's like the most awesomely awesome wrap up ever. We don't really ever wrap it up. Although you're looking at your iPod or your computer or whatever you're listening your to, Zoom. you're thinking, you're thinking, oh, they're going to be wrapping up in like three and a half minutes, so they're not going to fool me. But no, we've used like evil satanic spells here, so it'll say that it's a minute and ten seconds. But really, it's like three hours. We're just going to keep rambling on here. Satanic. Satanic spells. Yeah. Oh my god. Metal Gear. (laughs) Metal Gear. That's the name of the robot in Snatcher. Snatcher's awesome. You know Snatcher's a Kojima game, right? Durr. Okay, good. Did you, did, oh, did you see that the, uh, you know, they released that, uh, video with, uh, Solid Snake who's in the guy from, uh, Assassin's Creed, his outfit? Yeah. That's gonna be an un- unlockable outfit in the game. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I can't wait for that game. That Ninja Gaiden 2? Oh, yeah, June's gonna be awesome. June's gonna own you, biatch. Yep, June's get that, the new Final Fantasy Tactics, and, uh, Ninja Gaiden, Metal Gear, Final Fantasy Tactics, and then in July we've got, uh, July we get Soul Calibur, and in What's August... What's too bad is that, uh, Ryu Hayabusa wasn't in, uh, Smash Brothers, or Solid Snake and Ryu could have fought. That would have been fun. That would have been awesome. Did you see Joe Hayabusa's in Ninja Gaiden 2? And if you didn't know, Joe Hayabusa was the original Hayabusa in Ninja Gaiden 1, 2, and 3 for the NES. Oh, wow. You hear that, people? You're learning stuff on this podcast. Yes, it's Indie Faye's massive knowledge of game stuff because he listens to too many damn podcasts a week. 
<laughs> I think I average about 12 podcasts a week. How long would you say you actually spend listening to all these podcasts? 18, 19 hours a week. Oh, that's freaking crazy, man. But, yeah, I listen to them while I'm at work, normally, because it makes time go faster. Did you hear that in your face, boss? He listens to podcasts at work. He doesn't care about working. Yeah, because my work requires me to be able to hear everything I do. I just heard your chair creak. You want to hear it creak some more? Yeah. Oh, man, that means i got to rock back and forth. I'm too lazy for that shit. Haha. <laughs> Alright, well, uh, in August we've got Tales of Vesperia will come out. In the USA? Yep. Awesome. And there's something else in August, but I can't remember what it is. September's got The Force Unleashed, which looks awesome. And something else in September I can't remember. Oh, August has also got Two Human, which I'm going to get that game, because that looks really awesome. Because I hear cool. it's like... Fantasy Star Online and Diablo 2. And it's got, and there's co-op. And it's got online co-op too. Yeah. We gotta we gotta release a video on YouTube. Inufay and Game Master 14's co-op theater. Do you still want that game bridge? I can send that damn thing to you. I don't want it here anymore. Sure, send it to my house. All right, I'll send. Give me your address. I'll send it to you. Okay, I'll tell this to you right now. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> tell it to you right now on the podcast, so everyone knows. It'll be a split on your screen <laughs> right now. So. And then, then their iPod screen all of a sudden displays my address, and it's like in weird satanic-looking letters, because we hacked them. We, we hacksword their iPod. <laughs> Did you see the new uh, the Gears of War 2 gameplay footage that came out? Yeah, that was cool. It looked, I don't know, it looked kind of cool, but it looked really, really scripted to me. Like, you know what I mean? Of course it was scripted. Like, it just looks insanely scripted. What do you mean, the actual playing of the game? Yeah, like the playing of the game looked like you have to go here and you have to do it just like this. Eh. It looked decent. I, I think I'm going to enjoy that game. I'll probably enjoy it, yeah, but I don't know. I think I like... I always like Gears multiplayer better than I did single player. But, from what I hear, Gears 2 is going to have four-player co-op. Booyah, bitches. Exclusive reveal in Game Nexus podcast. Gears of War 2 has four-player co-op. They're just not going to announce it until they're absolutely sure that, they can, that they've can, that they got it nailed down and technically working. But uh, it'll have four-player co-op. Just you watch. And Superman 64 is going to hit the virtual console for 15,000 points. Which would be $15. $15,000. Which I like that you can buy Wii points in like actual increments that mean something. It's not like when you go to buy Xbox points and you they, you need like 500 points, but you can only buy like 600 point denominations. So you have to spend more money. Microsoft gets you to spend more money that way. Well, the simple fact is, Microsoft points are made to be more international. Where we points like isn't like uh, 100 points a dollar. Yeah. And that also lines up with the yen, which is pretty close as well. Yeah. Actually, no. So the dollar's so weak now. It's almost 90 yen to a dollar. Really? Yeah. It it was like... I think a year wait, ago wait, wait. it was like 115. That, that, you contradicted yourself. 90 yen to a dollar would mean that the dollar's stronger I'm than sorry. The it's the other way around. Sorry. It's like 115 yen to a dollar now. 
Okay, yeah, that's better. I was gonna, I was gonna say, if it's ninety yen to a dollar, the dollar's better than the yen, and Japanese people have to go like, oh no, our yen it's bad. Yeah, the dollar is worth as much as a damn peso. <laughs> peso, peseta, peseta, peseta peso. Let's make fun of Mexican money now. You want to? No. One time I had a bucket full. One time I had a wheelbarrow full of Mexican pesos. You know what I could buy with it? A quarter. Nope. What? A rug that I could wear for a bulletproof vest. Really? And I also had a guitar that shot bullets out of it. <laughs> and then I had this mariachi band, and it was four-player co-op mariachi band. And, like, three of us had uh, guitars that shot bullets, and one of us had a trumpet that shot rockets. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I want the trumpet next time. Oh, man, that's what Gears of War 2 needs. It needs four-player co-op mariachi band. That'd be fun. Man, we need to make games. Yeah, we definitely need to make games that make no freaking sense. They'd be so fun. They would be awesome. It, what was that one really eccentric uh, Enix game that came out about, I don't know, like four or five years ago on PlayStation 2 and you bought it? Wasn't it like Gaelic Adventure or something? What? The really stupid Enix game that made no sense. You bought it. It was only released in Japan. The really stupid Enix game. Honestly, I have no clue. You bought it. I remember you bought it. It was, like, really, really weird. It, like, it made Katamari look normal. I don't know. I know you bought it. I know. I remember you showing it to me, and you bought it off eBay. I really don't. And I remember it came to you on it came to you on a Sunday, and I found that really weird that mail got delivered on a Sunday. Oh, I think I know what game you're talking about. That super Galdaic hour. Yeah, that's it. That was it. It's not really. See, super Gaelic, super Galdaic. I'm it's not that far. It's really off. not that weird. It's just kind of different. I don't know. That video showed me on YouTube looked pretty weird. Katamari is still much weirder than it, but I'll be re I'll be releasing a more detailed video of it one of these days on YouTube. With four-player mariachi co-op? Yeah, there you go. Why not? Okay. With a PS2 multi-tap? Yep, with three PS2 multi-taps. You know, you put two in the actual controller ports, and then you put the fourth, the, the third one into the, the second one, and then, then you got to link the third one to the first one, and then you put eight controllers in the first one somehow. And then you have, like, 23 controllers, but only two of them work. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mind me. And all of them are, and all of them are guitar hero guitars, except for one, which is the. So drum you can set. have twenty-five player mariachi co-op. <laughs> one of them is the drum set that launches nuclear missiles. Yes. <laughs> oh man, you know what is so awesome? I played uh, Super Street Fighter Two. No, no, not Super Street Fighter Two. Um, Mortal, Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3 with my drum controller for Rock Band the other day. Oh, that is so awesome. You need to make that a video That was the coolest thing ever. Yeah, I just kept tapping on it, and, like, they kept free, like, I did, like, these massively fast punches. It was so awesome. Cool. Maybe we should wrap it up now. I don't know. We've been going on for, like, 20 minutes trying to wrap it up. Actually, we really haven't been trying all that hard. No, we haven't you, really. you kind of just been, like... Ooh, well, I thought of something else. Let's talk about this. Then I'm like, yeah, that is pretty cool. Let's talk about it. You know what else is kind of cool? What? Four-player mariachi co-op. Like, we really need to make a game where you have a four-player mariachi band that goes around and, like, tries to 
rid the world of the zombie parasite. Uh-huh. And zombies turn back to normal people when they hear mariachi music. Oh, that'd be awesome. See? Man, I got these awesome game ideas. I just need to learn how to program it down. Well, alrighty, this has been another Game Nexus podcast. I'm Game Master 14, and of course, um, in your face here too. Yep. There you go, and, uh, we'll see you later.